Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, June 13th, 2022. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. So I, you know, when this episode airs, I'm likely to be on an airplane. I'm heading back to the U.S. to go to the annual GMAC conference. Clear Admit's going to have a presence there. And I don't know if our listeners know, but... The GMAC conference is sort of like the conference for admissions officers from business schools around the world. And they haven't had this conference in a couple of years. I mean, they had a virtual kind of uh, version of it, but a real in-person conference. So that'll be kind of exciting. I haven't seen a lot of our school reps and admissions directors in a long time in person. So it's going to be fun to do that. You'll enjoy. I have very fond memories of of, of, of participating on, you know, for several, several years. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. conference. Yeah. It'll yeah. be fun. And, uh, what about what, what's going on right now with MBA admissions? Like what should our listeners be doing if they're, obviously we have some listeners who are maybe still not sure of where they're headed this fall, but then I think increasingly most of our listeners are folks who are heading off to, are going to be applying this summer and heading off the following fall. So what, what should be people thinking about right now? Yeah, and especially international candidates that are still on wait lists. I mean, you just got to pull the trigger and 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 sort of you know plan to go where where you have your current options. I think, but you know, with the timeline and all the extra hoops you got to jump through, um, I think that's definitely the case. That said, there will be a little bit of movement, um, um, you know, in 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 the few weeks ahead. Um, so if you're still on a wait list and you have that agility to make quick decisions stay on those wait lists. Um, so, so, but, but, you know, we're clearly transitioning into the, to, to next season. So we're, we're tracking very closely as schools release their deadlines, as schools release their essay topics for next season so that we can update the essay topic analyses um, that we produce each year and, and, and so on and so forth. So there's definitely a big momentum switch, Graham, yeah. um, to next season. Yeah, it's exciting. And I think uh, the good news is that for the most part, schools don't tinker too much from year to year with their essay topics. There always will be a school or two that sort of changes things up, but many schools will have the same essay prompts. And we're seeing that so far this year as schools announce, you know, that they're application is available or their deadlines are out, they're posting their essays and in many cases they're identical. So stay tuned. We always analyze those as Alex has just pointed out. Uh, Alex, I wanted to, since we, we don't, you know, we don't have a ton of stuff to get through today. And I'm, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions that I ask uh, our admissions director guests when they come on the show uh, as part of the kind of, we have these lightning round, real humans type questions. So I wanted to ask a couple um, of you, because I feel like it'd be fun for our listeners to, you know, get to know you a little bit more as we travel through this coming cycle. So the first question, I think I know the answers to some of these, but the first question I had for you is coffee or tea? Tea. I gave up, I've given up <laughs> coffee. Oh, wow. Entirely. Okay. Interesting. Entirely. Probably six months since I had a cup of coffee. Wow. All right. Your favorite adult beverage? Beer. <laughs> Can but you... not, not what Americans would call beer. I mean, real beer. <laughs> and that by that, you're defining like something on draft at the pub down the road from your house. Yeah, we call it a pint of bitter. A pint of bitter. Okay. Uh, and then what about a comfort food? Something you like eating? A comfort food? <laughs> huh. Well, it depends. If I've had a few beers the night before, then it might change a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, comfort food could be... Um, 
you know, mac and cheese type food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything with a bit of cheese. In. <laughs> All right. And then just two more short ones. These are a little more complex, but I love these questions. What is a pet peeve that you have? Lateness. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, okay. I'm writing this down because I showed up yes. late at a couple of clear admit staff meetings. All right, okay. I it's <laughs> a real pet peeve for me when we have meetings that start at a certain time and they never do. Okay. All right. Yes. I'm I'm noting this. All right, I will do better. Um all right, then what about a favorite quality that you have in others? And you don't say people are on time. <laughs> Kindness. Kindness, okay. That makes sense. Yes. All right, cool. I appreciate you indulging me. Uh, we have, you know, I normally ask, there may be like 15 questions like this that I ask, you know, the Chad Losey at Harvard or whoever we have on the show. So um, I just thought it'd be fun to turn it around and ask you. Um, I, maybe yeah. I'll do the same to you on a subsequent episode, Graham. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. So uh, over on the website, we've published three more Real Humans alumni. And so as in case our listeners don't know, these are just people who've graduated from business school, not necessarily um, in the past year. Sometimes they're a couple years out. And it's just kind of trying to understand what their role is like and how they feel the MBA got them there and, and, and often even some recruiting tips. So um, one of these people is... Uh, Let's see, we had someone who works at Amazon. It's a woman named Tonka, and she's an INSEAD grad from uh, 2020. And she works as a senior financial analyst at Amazon. And I loved this. I This is like, I mean, <laughs> and uh, trust me, INSEAD did not pay for this, but listen to this woman's background. Born in Bulgaria, raised as a child in Moscow, but then moved to London for all of her education, where I believe she went to LSE and, and has a master's and some other stuff. Then she married a German uh, guy and lived in several cities in Germany before, you know, heading off to INSEAD. So uh, a kind of real kind of European slash global, you know, citizen. And, you know, she actually, her advice, we always ask these folks for advice. And, and there's a ton of it on the website, so you can read more. But her main advice was, she said, Focus on building deep relationships with your classmates. Spend time getting to know the people. Learn about their experiences and background. INSEAD has very impressive people from all over the world, people with unique backgrounds and histories, diverse viewpoints and perspectives. Discussions inside and outside class are mind-opening. So I thought that was a good, you know, good piece of advice. <laughs> I really like that, Graham. And, and the reason why I really like that is... Oftentimes, you know, when we on on decision why when candidates are weighing up one choice over another, yeah, one thing that's rarely discussed is the quality of classmates and the importance of really getting to know your classmates. Because I do believe that's a real differentiator to your experience. Um, yeah, you know, the, the 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 higher profile the school that you you attend. The, on aggregate, overall, the better the quality of the classmates. I mean, they've got to be correlated, right? And that's a real advantage, I think, or, or you know, should really impacts your, your, your experience. I, yeah, could not agree more. Um, and yeah, it's something that, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to, this is why when we had admit weekends and people were going in person, I think that started up again. It really is important to meet some of these people that you're going to be in school with. And yeah, it, there, there's a difference from school to school. So uh, the, the second uh, Real Humans that we had over the past week was this guy named Matt who works at BCG, the Boston Consulting Group, and he is a Kellogg grad. And he actually graduated in 21, so not too long ago. And he's from Arlington Heights, Illinois. 
and went to Northwestern for undergrad. So he's kind of Northwestern uh, through and through kind of guy. You'll love this. He studied chemical engineering uh, as, nice. as an undergraduate. <laughs> That's your favorite major, or the major you view as most uh, complicated. And he gave some advice. He said, push yourself to try new things, meet new people, and leave your comfort zone. Some of my best friends and memories from business school came from going to events and trying new activities that I normally would have hesitated on, and it has made my experience so much better. So that was kind of nice advice from him. Uh, the last one we've got is a fellow named Clemente, and I, when I heard that, I wondered if he was named after Roberto Clemente, but his name is Clemente. He works uh, also at Amazon, but he's a product manager. Uh, and he is a Columbia Business School grad from 2019. So he's been out in the workforce for a few years now. He is from Mexico City originally and did business undergrad as well as a tech kind of master's. He seems to be a bit of a fintech and finance guru. He's, he worked a lot in that space before business school. And I, you know, he gave a lot of great quotes as well, but I picked one where, you know, we sometimes ask people about, um, recruiting. And, you know, so this guy works at Amazon. I know a lot of people listening may want to work at Amazon someday. And, and he said that what really helped me in my job search was knowing exactly which industry I wanted to work in post MBA before arriving at Columbia. Having a clear vision helped me get a head start and prepare for the companies and roles I was interested in. And then he mentions Amazon's interview process is quite different from other firms. There's a really strong emphasis on Amazon's 16 leadership principles and on the STAR interview framework. So I don't know if you're familiar with their principles. I've never heard about this, but I know about the STAR framework. We talk about that with, with MBA admissions interviews, but that was kind of interesting to hear. No, very interesting. But yeah, we do know that STAR framework. Yes. So, uh, I'm going to try to remember situation, task, uh, action, results. I think that's it. That's just a way to... well done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so... Uh, other than that, we've got, um, we continue to gather reviews uh, of the ClearAdmit community. We just, if you're on our website, we'd love to hear what you think of it and what you think of ClearAdmit overall. So you can go to bit.ly forward slash ClearAdmit reviews, all one word, all lowercase. And just tell us what you think. We're gathering those reviews over on the website. So that would be great to hear. Uh, we've got some essay workshops coming up in July that I've been mentioning. I, I won't go through the list, but it's literally almost every top school uh, from, from the U.S. And, and even a couple from Europe that are going to be joining us over a series of Wednesdays where we sit down with three or four schools and, and talk about their essay questions and get into real detail on what candidates need to know as they set out to write their essays. So those are usually completely packed events. Um, I recommend people sign up early and get, get set up for that. So you can go to bit.ly forward slash CA. MBA essays, all one word, all lowercase, um, to sign up and, and join us at those events in July. Other than that, if you want to reach out to Alex and I, send us an email, info at clearadmit.com, use the subject line wiretaps, and we will write back. So let us know uh, if you have questions or just want to check in and tell us what you think of the show. We're always happy to hear from you and, and to get in touch. So I think that's it though on my end, Alex. Do you have any, you've picked up some candidates this week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before we get started, I just wanted to reinforce a couple of couple of things because you've talked about essay topics, you know, your, your essay workshops. You've talked yeah. about the our essay top, well, we've talked about our essay topic analyses. Um, so we're definitely pushing into this next season and that sort of notion of preparation and getting ready for next season. Right. So I just want to give out a, a quick plug for our admissions book, um, Becoming a Clear Admit, which you can get 
directly off of our website. I believe it's freely available. If it's not, whatever you're charged is cheap as chips relative to what you would get if you spent 60 minutes or even a couple of hours reading through it. It's short, it's to the point. Um, and, And the reason why I think it's important to review, we talk about this idea of creating a personal inventory. Mm-hmm. So rather than your, your first step diving into drafting essays, you need to take a step back and really go through this process of really understanding, you, you know, your experiences are going to be re- relevant to this MBA admissions process and inventory, inventorying those experiences and those outcomes and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I just give a real big shout out for that. Yeah. And you'll be hearing and, and our listeners will be hearing more about this type of stuff over the next several weeks as we will have quite a large announcement to make. But I'm not going to go into that right now. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Agreed. Get, get, get the book for whatever it costs. It will really help set you up over the next several months. And I think if you register on our website just to create an account and be able to sort wire entries and everything that comes with just being registered on the site, which is free, I think you can get the book for free too. So um, if you go into the shop. So yeah, definitely a good read. Um, Alex, I I know you wrote it. And so people would say, well, of course you're going to say it's good, but I, you know, I've read it and I actually pitched in and, and, you know, reviewed it with you as you were drafting it. And I I think it's fantastic and it's short and it helps people to get up to speed on what they need to know, as you say. Um, So definitely a good thing to be doing now. Yeah. I philosophy basically is we're not going to do the work for you. As you know, we're not consultants, but we have the resources to really help you understand how to navigate this process. And I do believe that book is fundamental to all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So without further ado, you picked out three candidates for us to review this week. So I say we get into that part of the show. Let's kick on. All right. So this is Wiretaps candidate number one. So we received this apply wire entry. Uh, it's a candidate that wants to start school in the fall of 24. And they are, well, right now they've got Columbia, Harvard, MIT, Kellogg, NYU, and Stanford on the list. Um, this candidate also is, um, they're working in strategy consulting, actually for uh, an MBB firm. They have also done a stint in hedge funds and with their family business back in India. This candidate is of Indian descent. Uh, They have a 720 on the GMAT and a 3.21 GPA. They've been working for four years and they're in New York right now, as I said, working for one of the MBB firms. So that's McKinsey, Bain or BCG. And they also did go to undergrad in the U.S. They mentioned they studied computer science um, at Purdue University. So this is a candidate a little different than some candidates we see um, in that they're from India but studied undergrad in the U.S. and have worked in both markets. And they want to basically um, go to a top MBA program and then it sounds like return to India to help with that family business and, and do some entrepreneurial stuff. So, Alex, there were a number of questions around here, and I, I didn't note that, you know, just as I'm reading this now, they mentioned 2024, so it's unclear to me if if they meant 23, or, or maybe they really are going to wait a little while before they go off. But either way, what do you make of this candidacy? Yeah, I mean, this is an uh, interesting candidate. Um, I, I do believe their work experience probably is very strong. They started hedge funds. They obviously have a family business in, in which they were involved. Um in India. And then from there, they, they managed to navigate 
getting back to New York in a role in a consulting role in an MBB. Um, so so you know not everyone can do that, right? I mean they they, they must have performed really well. There, there must be some really strong aspects in order to navigate that kind of um, career track. Um, so I think that's really uh, really very good. Um, I'm not sure that we have any insight into their outside of work um, um, activities and so forth. Um, if we do, I, I miss that. But that, that would be interesting to know, too, if, if there are any um, extracurriculars or just other interests um, that the candidate has that sort of helps sort of round out their, their overall profile. Mm-hmm. Um, their numbers are a little less um, exciting. Um, and especially, the, this is a candidate that's going to be considered overrepresented, even though that their work experience is, is very interesting and so forth, as an in India national um, and, and, and so forth, um, that's going to make it a little bit more challenging. So on the one hand, they need to apply in the first rounds. That's just standard advice for anyone from an overrepresented population. Um, on, on, and, and secondly, for that overrepresented population, um, their, their GMAT at 720 is going to be below average for the very top schools. Their GPA at 3.21 is also below average for the very top schools. So, so that's going to be a little bit challenging. Um, so I, I mean, we talked about this before coming on air, Graham, but certainly um, if they are waiting another year to apply, they have plenty of time to retake the GMAT and an extra 20 points on that GMAT score will make a difference. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would believe. So I would recommend if they can, if they, if, if they've got the wherewithal to do it, retake the GMAT and, 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 and apply in the first round, really show that impact and growth at work, which I'm sure they're able to do. I like their goals going back to their family business. That's going to be very, um, very, very good. Um, so, so ultimately, I'd like to see this person in an M7 program that they're targeting. I'm a little nervous with the current GMAT score in conjunction with the GPA that that might drop them a tier. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, they need to apply in the first round or that will drop them a tier. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think this is yeah spot on advice. I guess the thing that I was thinking about is, okay, 3.21. We know that's below average for the very top schools, but they studied computer science at Purdue, which is a pretty good place to study that. And so I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe they actually had a really high class rank and et cetera. But none of it really comes together unless they have like a high GMAT where they could sort of say, look, I have a 321, but I also have a 740 on the GMAT or whatever it is, something above the average, so that they can kind of balance. And it's a lot more believable when I hear a candidate, when I see a candidate that's got a high test score for me to then buy into the fact that, okay, challenging undergraduate major and that 321 actually, you know, is a really, um, it, it shows that they excelled, even though it's maybe a little below our average or something. So I, th- that's the thing that's, yeah, I, I agree. It's like the combination GMAT and GPA that's, that's rubbing me a little bit the wrong way, given that they're in this overrepresented part of the applicant pool. My suspicion is that they may believe that, oh, I'm at MBB, I've had these great work experiences, and I, you know, I'm Indian, but I'm educated in the U.S. for undergrad, and, and those are all feathers in their cap, no doubt. But I just want to provide some <laughs> caution here that right now the list is basically M7 plus NYU. 
um, type schools, right? So they, yeah. it's a really um, top heavy list. And so, but again, if they're willing to retake the test and, and hit it out of the, out of the park, as they say, then things start to change for me. And I feel like they could be, um, you know, in, in a more competitive position. I do wonder, it says that they basically have been working, um, with an MBB firm for the past year. And so maybe they really are on a track to work a second year and then apply. I, I don't know. Cause sometimes, you know, you see people stay at those firms for a couple, two, three years before they go off to business school anyway. So maybe they do have time as we say, if they're not applying right away. So yeah. we'll see. Um, I yeah, want to yeah. give a shout yeah. out to their username, which is Dan Dan noodle. I like that. That's a um, reference to one of my favorite dishes that they serve. in. like, I think it's from, from the Sichuan region of, of China, very like spicy, uh, noodles. Um, so that was kind of a funny username that they use on the site. Oh, I <laughs> um, but I, yeah, but I want to thank them for that post. Um, let's, uh, let's move on unless you have anything else on this one, Alex. No, no, very good. Very good. All right. So this is wiretaps candidate number two. So we've got another apply wire entry and this person is looking to start school in the fall of 23. So they're going to be applying this summer. Uh, they have Berkeley, Kellogg, UCLA, USC and Yale on their target list. And this candidate works in the government. They actually work for the Canadian government. Uh, they are a Canadian citizen, actually born in Taiwan, but grew up in Canada. And they uh, want to get into consulting after business school. And they've got Bain, BCG, and McKinsey on the target list. The current GMAT score is a 710, although this candidate who is a, a, a woman says that she wants to take it again and is aiming for something more in the 750 range. Her GPA is a 3.3 in political science, which she earned at a top three Canadian university. And she's got three years of work experience all within the government. And we'll get into it. It's pretty impressive in terms of the number of people she's leading and the kind of work that she's doing. She's located in Canada, would love to land in California after business school, which must be why we see UCLA and Berkeley and USC on the target list. So, uh, Alex, what do you make of this candidate? Again, Taiwanese, Canadian, female, uh, working in the government, once again in consulting, 71033. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting candidate. Um, and, and what I want to do is just contrast a little bit to our first candidate to sort of show some of the differences. Um, okay. This person has a 710 um, um, GMAT and a 3.3 GPA. So, so that's actually quite similar to our prior candidate, 720, 3.2.1 GPA. Right. Um, but this candidate's already noting or stating that they're planning to retake the GMAT. So, so to me, that shows that they've, they're really, you know, preempting what would have been part of our conversation, right? So, right. so they reckon that they can improve that score by by a few a few points, and that will make an impact. So, so I think that's smart. And just to again go back to our first candidate, reinforce the idea that that might be a good idea. And I'm saying that in the context that this candidate would not be necessarily overrepresented um, in the pool. Um, so, you know, they're Taiwanese Canadian, female candidate working in government. Um, so yeah, that's going to, that's a different uh, or a less rep represented profile. Right. Um, the three, three GPA, um, yeah, Canadian schools, there's less grade inflation, or at least that's the presumption. So, so, so actually that three, three GPA might actually be quite a good, 
um, a, a, a good GPA overall. Again, back to your point earlier, Graham. What would be interesting to note with both candidates is what is the class rank? Yeah. Um, to to really get the proper measure there. Um, so. I really like their, their their government work experience. Um, you know, they they as you as you pointed out, they they appear to have led several, you know several projects, several people, and so on and so forth. This person comes across to me as a doer. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're doing really interesting stuff, um, and 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 so forth. And they combine that again with some extracurriculars, which we didn't get a sense of with our first candidate. Their extracurriculars are sort of in the, the sports arena, um, Ultimate Frisbee, which I've never really got my head around what that is, but it seems to be quite popular, um, and, and fitness as well as some music, piano and, and, and violin and so on and so forth. So there's other dimensions to this candidate that, 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 that will help round out and shape um, her profile. Um, so, and her goals, yeah, they're, they're, they're fine. I think they're somewhat related to her prior experiences, you know, wanting to go, go more directly into consulting and, and sort of helping um, businesses become more resilient to, downturns. Um, you know, sharp economic downturns. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and then sort of in the longer run, runner consulting practices, targeting minority businesses, that seems to me a little bit less. I mean, I get it if she's really passionate about that 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 works for me um but but so on and so forth but yeah overall Graham, yeah i i really like this candidate i like the fact that she's planning to retake the gmat and um you know basically the the key here is you want to make sure when you're applying everything that you're presenting is as good as it can be right so if this 710 gmat if she believes it's not the best reflection of what she can do in that test Go ahead and retake it. Fantastic. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, a lot to like here. I, I will mention that uh, she, you know, so by the way, Ultimate Frisbee, my understanding of it is that it's basically like football or soccer, um, but with a Frisbee. So that that's my understanding. I could be completely wrong, but it, it seems in my observation when I was in uh, university, that, that seemed to be sort of like what it was. Uh, I What I like about her is, yeah, this robust set of extracurricular activities, both in university and at present, and some leadership roles too. She also, she did a semester in France. um, So she's, you know, has some language skills and like you say, very well-rounded. I I wanted to ask you a question though. So she's got this list of schools, right? And, And let's assume for a moment that she retakes the GMAT and does hit you know, let's say, you know, 730 or, you know, she says she wants to get a 750. Let's imagine that she achieves that goal. She has this list of target schools right now, Berkeley, Kellogg, UCLA, USC, and Yale. Would, do you think that that list should change if she hits her target on the GMAT? I mean, what do you think of this list overall, given that she wants to work, you know, MBB, maybe in California? What what do you make of that? I mean, yeah, and I mean, this list of schools is definitely targeted at, like you say, working in a top consulting firm and being based in California, which is exactly what she said she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, What would you add to this list? Well, I mean, come on, you got to apply to Stanford. I mean, why not, right? I mean, imagine if she gets admitted to all these programs. Right. Absolutely fantastic. But I would always wonder, did I shoot high enough, right? So mm-hmm. we talk about this in terms of application strategy. You need to get denied 
by a program or two to really be get a good sense that you you adopted the right application strategy right yeah um and and things so so yeah take stanford on why not take wharton on i mean wharton has a campus in in california yeah um you know so so there's some opportunities there um harvard sends you know more 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 alums to california than most schools um have alums in California, so there'll be a really robust Harvard alumni network in California. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, they could definitely um, look look to um, you know elevating their their list of target programs. Agreed. Yeah, that was my my thought was why not add in a Stanford or a Harvard or a Wharton or whatever it might be, depending on how the GMAT goes, but maybe throw it in and then you could sort of move some of the schools that she has on her list into round two because she's not overrepresented. She could probably yeah. mix them across rounds and see where the chips fall. So that would be my advice to her. I did want to give her a shout out. She mentioned, uh, she just left this nice comment. She said, I really appreciate how you and Graham provide constructive feedback in a kind manner. So she was writing to you on the site when she said that, but that was nice to hear. And, and I have to say that's what, what stimulated my response <laughs> to one of your earlier questions. Because I think being kind in this world yeah. is a real quality. Right, because there are a lot of people in this space, in the particularly when it comes to admissions, advice and things, you'll have people who use more of a kind of scare tactic approach, presumably to try to get business as a consultant or something. They'll say, oh, you're not getting in, you got to work with me to get in or something. But we don't, since we're not doing that, <laughs> we don't do the consulting piece, we try to just uh, shoot from the hip and, and yeah, give people helpful, constructive <laughs> advice. Uh, she also has a good username. I'm noticing like we, people are being creative with their usernames. Hers is La Canadienne. So she does speak French and is in Canada. So that was a good handle. Um, anyway, without oh, <laughs> further... I wonder, if she, yeah. is she in Quebec? Yeah, it might be. I mean, or just maybe it's the fact that she lived in France. And that's why she went to France yeah, for, it's possible. For, for a period of time. Because, I mean, I lived in Toronto for a little while and yeah, it wasn't until living in Canada that you really realized that Quebec is French, yeah. like culturally as well as mm-hmm. linguistically and so on and so forth. Yeah I, yeah, I hadn't picked up on that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I want to thank her for submitting her post and hopefully she's got some additional advice here to run with. We'll see how, you know, obviously want to wish her good luck on that GMAT retake. So we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, Alex, I've been yeah. to Quebec City. Oh, you know, yeah. that's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, I've been in, and, and Montreal is really nice too. Yeah, that whole area. I, have, I have, have you been to Quebec City? Yeah. Oh yeah. Much more. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, wow. much older. Wow. And, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so a lot, yeah. It's a long way away. That's what surprised me that you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when I was in Philly, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, anyway, anything else on this one? No, no, all right. no. Very good. <laughs> Best of luck to both those two, two candidates. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's talk about Wiretaps candidate number three. So this is a candidate who has seven schools on the target list. It's an apply wire entry that we received. So again, someone targeting uh, entry fall 23. Uh, they've got Berkeley, Columbia, Harvard, MIT, Stanford, Chicago, and Wharton on the list. And this candidate is a military intelligence officer. They want to get into consulting after business school, and they're also looking at Bain, BCG, and McKinsey. So there's a bit of an MBB theme on this episode, Alex. Uh, they uh, also... Um, we're thinking long-term of maybe getting into aerospace or defense. Uh, they mentioned that in one of the comments. Their GMAT score is a 760. Their GPA is a 3.5. 
They've had four years of work experience or military experience, I guess. Uh, they're located in D.C. They'd love to land in Boston after business school. And they mentioned that they went to a kind of a mid-tier state school. Uh, they said ranked similarly to Auburn or Rutgers. They had that 3.5 GPA in national security studies. And then they've done this sort of four years work experience as an intelligence officer in the U.S. Marine Corps. And they mentioned that, you know, they've, they've had a lot of leadership experience. They did have a question for us. They went into the Marine Corps via something called the Officer Candidate School. So we'll get into some discussion about that because they're not ROTC and they're also not from one of the academies. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But Alex, what do you make of this candidacy overall and, and what prompted you to pick them for, for the show? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think this is a very good candidate. I mean, it gets a bit boring when we only pick good candidates for wiretaps. <laughs> so I've got to be a little bit more... Um, whatever whatever the, the, the right term is. But quite frankly, Graham, I mean, this is a military um, um, candidate with a 7635, um, um, you know, in terms of their numbers. Um, so that's very strong. They worked in military intelligence. Looks like they've done some really interesting things in their military career. Lots of leadership opportunity, which we tend to expect from military candidates. But but you know, this all looks really, really good. Um, so, so you know, I would assume as they are doing, they they're targeting the, the very best um, programs, and and that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, their their concern is, you know, they they're a little bit unorthodox route to their military career. But as 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 you mentioned before, we came on air, Graham. One of your classmates sort of went through a similar route. Um, yeah, um, getting into Wharton, and quite frankly, um, well, one thing I find interesting about this potential dilemma is, um, you know, as as someone that that worked in in admissions for you know lots and lots of years, I might not have known the difference as as as, as an admissions reader um, that this is an unorthodox route and and could potentially raise a red flag. Um, because I would have been just more focused on what you actually accomplished and what you did as mm-hmm. a military officer rather than your route into being a military officer. And I bring this up because, um, off, you know, whether you're a military candidate or a candidate from any industry, um, you're going to know much more about that industry and, and, and your set of experiences than the, the admissions officers reading about reading about it. Um, so, so, you know, whether, whether you know, the, there's a double-edged sword to that. On the one hand, you could use jargon and confuse me as, as, a, as, as an admissions officer, and we really coach and counsel people not to do that. But on, on the flip side is, yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to know all these little nuances. Um, so if they need explaining, they absolutely need explaining. But I don't think that's a problem for this candidate at all, Graham. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. They they did use a little bit of jargon. They said that they were the officer in charge of a 40-man watch floor that provided intelligence support to forward-deployed forces. I mean, I have an idea of what a watch floor is, but it's not a term that I'm familiar with. Um, but, but I think what I love about this candidate is the nature of the experience in the sense that, I mean, you, you read this, but it, it they, they have this line in here where they talk about how um, while they were, you know, leading that 40-person watch floor, um, they were in charge of this group of individuals who were, you know, highly trained military linguists, 
analysts and civilian linguists. Okay. And so they're, they're working with a really diverse group yeah. of people, both civilian and, and military. And, and I love that. I mean, I just think that, and they've also, I mean, they've deployed, they, they've, they've, you know, um, done some really interesting things. So I, I think this candidate is a home run. I'm not worried about the fact that they entered the Marine Corps via the officer candidate school. You know, as you point out, a close friend of mine that I knew in high school went off to college and and then decided basically the the officer candidate school is available to you know if you have a college degree you can apply and go and and, and join the marine corps and clearly this guy i mean he, he's excelled in 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 this role yeah. so um and i think the goals seem realistic you know getting into consulting is kind of a, a pretty natural thing to do and in the longer term this idea of aerospace or defense clearly fits with the person's background so I, yeah, I think there's a lot to like. I did wonder, you know, they have Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, MIT. Those all make a lot of sense to me, uh, given, you know, just the caliber of the school, but also friendliness towards military and, and options, you know, with MBB. Uh, I was also thinking, you know, wow, MIT, not a bad spot if you're going to ultimately land in kind of aerospace or defense. You know, that's a, <laughs> a good um, feather in your cap to have. So I, I guess the other schools they have on the list are Booth and Berkeley, and they, they kind of you know, we're asking you, I think you had some exchange with them about, are, you know, are those the right two or do they have a safety or, you know, what do they, what do they want to do? Cause you were kind of saying, gee, maybe add something that's like at least one step <laughs> down just in case. Um, so what, what do you make of that? Cause I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you suggested, um, Kellogg and Kellogg does seem like a nice fit. Not that that's a safety, but, but in, in, in the mix of these programs. Yeah. For um, MBB, that's for but, sure. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And yeah, quite honestly, Graham, this candidate's really going to have to screw up not to get into a top <laughs> program. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that. And I've not said that on Wiretaps before, which shouldn't, which certainly doesn't elevate this candidate over and above everyone else. So please, uh, right. whatever. No. But maybe I should become just a little bit more frank. But, but yeah, they're going to have to do really well with their applications. But they've hired a consultant, right? So if a consultant they're working with is going to really enable them to optimize their profile and their candidacy sure. for Harvard, Stanford and Wharton. And all that work that this candidate is doing with that consultant for Harvard, Stanford, Wharton will yield benefits to their applications for Kellogg and every other school, right? Yeah. Because you learn a lot from, from that sort of dialogue. I'm, and then again, I'm not suggesting everyone needs to hire a consultant, but because this person is, um, a consultant will be a great sounding board and a great support through this process. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they, 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 yeah. I, I mean, fingers crossed, but I, I got to think they'll do well. One important question back to you, Graham, because you focus on this with the last two candidates. What about this candidate's username? Oh yeah. I didn't actually, uh, I, let's see. I, 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 oh, uncreative 56. Well, <laughs> I, I so, would ditch that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> they, they couldn't come up with a creative username, I guess, but, but I don't, maybe there's some significance with the 56. I don't know. I'm trying to put yeah. get my head around it, but I think that, um, you know, the only thing we don't know a lot about with this candidate is whether they do anything else. And I recognize when you're in the military, that's often quite the yeah. challenge, but it would be good to know, like, while they were in undergrad, like, wh what else do they like to do in life? How are, how well-rounded are they? Because when we get into the Stanfords and the Harvards and the Whartons of the world, you know, you got to have the whole package. And so they have the numbers. I think they have fantastic work experience, very good goals. As you said, they're going to work with a consultant, so their applications are going to be very polished. But 
you know, what else do they do? Like what makes them kind of well-rounded yeah. and interesting? So they're, they, we, you know, we don't know the answer to that question, but, and I'm sure there are things they do. Um, so, but anyway, it's, you know, we'll see. I would say go for it in the first round with the very top schools and then they could save fallback plans for a round two because they're not overrepresented. But that, that would be my take on it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And actually, curriculums, we, you know, go time and again how important they are just to round out the profile. I would say, and I know you would agree, Graham, that of all the different experiences that candidates have on the professional side, it's military experience is is the the bucket that has the least sort of you know candidates with military experience tend to have the least in terms of extracurriculars because of the lifestyle of military candidates right i mean they're getting yeah you know sent across the world they you know etc 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 right and so it's not and it could just be that they have some interests it doesn't have to be formal like oh i volunteer here or i lead this or that but it could be that they're like and maybe they're a marathon runner or maybe they're yeah. you know really like cooking or it could be just something simple but just to show that there's more to them um again it seems like a well-rounded um candidate here, yeah so fantastic uh, in any event yeah. yeah thanks for picking these out um definitely a little bit of a mckinsey bain bcg theme this week but also some really different candidates otherwise military government yeah. uh and then the, the the fellow who worked in a hedge fund in a family business so we We've had a lot this week. Uh, always fun to talk about these candidacies. And yeah, we'll do it all again next week. I guess I'll be uh, at the GMAC conference. So we'll record next week's episode somewhere. I'll be in Baltimore. So we'll, we'll, Very good. we'll figure that out. Very but yeah, good. I'll see you in one week's time. Yep. Safe travels. Take care, everyone.